As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris, a free online ministry brought to you by none other than the Holy Trinity. I'm Chuck Christie and today we are asking you to spend a few moments of your time with us each week as Derek shares wisdom and truth from God's Word, essential messages from God's own heart directly to you. Now, if you miss a portion of today's broadcast or would like to recommend it to a friend, You can hear this program anytime on Derek's host page on talknetworkradio.com. Well, now here's Derek with today's message. Welcome back to MTOV. This is Derek, and I am so excited to be with you all today, my family and friends. We are moving forward in the book of Song of Solomon, but yet we are still in the 13th verse of chapter 1. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. The Father is going to show us we are focusing on the very first portion of that verse, and it is pertaining to the righteousness of God, the role of the mediator, intercession, and just walking in the righteousness of God. That is what we are going to focus on today, one of the main points. A process in which God can remove sin, stony, and hard hearts through his instructions, strength, and provided peace. Everything that would try to stop us, to stop you from progressing in him, the requirements of obedience is of necessity when it comes to the suffering of the cross. Let us go into the Lord now and into his presence. Father, bless us in Jesus' name as we enter yet again in your care. Pray for your divine wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to be given unto my brethren. 
We pray, Lord God, that you will move mightily and have your way. Holy Spirit, we yield, humble, and submit now. And Father, we pray that the words that you give unto us will be accepted and be very impactful, Lord God, and very eye-opening, and that it will move within our hearts, within our lives, to bring glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name, we give praise and thanks. Amen. So, a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. In reflection and meditation, a bundle of myrrh, it goes back to the perfume and the fragrance of the oil that was used in the sacraments of God with the holiness, holy things of God. It also shows us how Jesus has this eternal role as our great high priest called by the order of Melchizedek, where he is our advocator, our mediator, and definitely, definitely, I love to say this, our great high priest, standing in the gap for us, for we are, through him, the redeemed of the Lord. So if you meditate and think about the word myrrh, what is myrrh? It, where did it come from? How does all of this play into spirituality when it comes to the thing of the Lord? So the uses of myrrh can be used in several things such as incense, perfume, anointing oil, embalming fluid, and medicine. Now, incense perfumes pertains to the prayers and supplications that are made to God from the children of righteousness. Because God says the prayers of the righteous are as this sweet aroma, this sweet smell and savior unto him. And the anointing oil, the walking in the righteousness of God, being led by the Spirit of God, brings pleasure. It is pleasant and kind unto the Lord. Now, the embalming fluid in meditation, I, you know, initially it threw me off. I'm like, Lord, embalming fluid, what's going on here? But he gave me a clear understanding. He was like, behold. So the embalming fluid, is the righteousness of God. It is the prayers. It comes from that brokenness that he has previously talked to us about where we die out to soul and flesh and our hearts that we yield to God. And what the Bible tells us, he remembers it no more. So that anointment, these acts of righteousness only established through and by Christ, it removes that sin. This is the reason why God, you know, yes, the blood of Jesus is the one that washes us and cleanses us, but it is the fragrance of his righteousness, his acts of righteousness that it emanates. It releases this aroma, this perfume, this fragrance that's pleasing to the Father, and sin is forgotten. And it's an opportunity why we, as the recipients of his grace, that we are reconnected with God, regenerated, rebooted, if you will, into the things of God. And then when you're talking about the use of myrrh in medicine, it is the act of healing and restoration. These are the things that God has sent for us to do, to seek and to save those which are lost, to heal the brokenhearted, the wounded, the inflicted. God through Christ, demonstrated all these things for us when he was here in the earth 
and through the Bible. So this is the importance of a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me because we enter into this relationship in which Jesus, our Lord and Savior, starts showing and demonstrates the works of righteousness, how to walk in the holiness of God, how to be pleasing unto the Father before him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, where did the oil come from? Where did this myrrh come from? It comes from, naturally speaking, plants and trees. More particularly, we're going to look at the gum trees because there are properties found from this substance that comes from these plants and these trees, and it is used for what reason? It, it creates a odorous it's an odorous gum. It is a fragrance that's well-pleasing as a love, as the act of love and the righteousness of God. This is the beautiful part. And all of this will be confirmed in the word. This myrrh, it covers just as Jesus, it covers for us, for our lives, for our shortcoming. He stands in the gap for someone else. He's our supporter. He's our voucher, if you will. He vouches for us, our mediator, you know. And this is symbolic of what this myrrh is all about. And it's where Jesus takes fragmented pieces and he put things back together. He was reconciling. He mends. He brings together parts. He makes us heirs of God and joint heirs through, with him by this act in which only he can give this sweet smelling aroma we know as myrrh. So myrrh, the substance of it is very sticky, sticky. So it has adhesive properties. This is why things can be put back together. Jesus is our mediator. He's our healer. He's our all. So we have a spiritual relationship at one time that was broken from God due to sin because God can't be a part of it. Jesus comes along through his suffering of the cross, his life, and he learns of how to walk in the righteousness of God. And then from there, Jesus becomes our glue. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 Verses 14 and 17 through 17 reads that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind, wind of, good God, excuse me, Lord, with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but seeking the truth in love may grow up in him and all things, which is the head, even Christ. Here we go. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. So this is talking about, again, the righteousness of God by us emulating and 
pattern after the ways of Christ. Christ is our mediator. He is the myrrh. He is his properties is the one that binds us back to the Lord. And it says, henceforth walk not as Gentiles walk. And, you know, there are Jews and then there were Gentiles. So what happens here, the quick story is you have a group of Jews that was given instruction, the culture of God. This is what you do. This is how you live and walk holy. But then there was a time period some years ago that a group of the Jews stopped adhering and then they start patterning after the things of the world. They, they shunned away the commandments and the culture, the things of God. Thus, even though they were Jews, but in their mindset, in their heart, they had converted to things that was of idolatry. So you have the Jews and the Gentiles. And sometimes you will see the Jews and the Greek. But that Greek is that culture that some of those Jews start following after, and they adopted the culture and the terminology, the whole nine. This is where all of that comes into play. Okay, but then those that remain faithful and true to the customs, the teaching, and the word of God was, are noted as Jews. But thank God for Jesus and all of what he has done. So even those that were Jews, the uh, Gentiles and the Greek, that they also will be able to and can to this very day, since Jesus done all, come back unto the Lord. Romans 8, verses 14, 17 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bear witness in our, with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So that's the thing about this life that we know we want to come and we must come into the image and to the likeness of Christ. And did not he tell us to pick up the cross? Did he not tell us to drink from our own cup? We all have a purpose and mission, but to be children and heirs of God and join heirs with Christ, we all must bear the cross. What is the cross? The forsaken of sin and walking in the holiness of righteousness of God is yielding to your spiritual mind and to the voice and commandments of God and not that of the world or our own. Now, let's go. There is some um, three promises, three promises that come behind all of this. And now you will be able to clearly see how all of this comes together. Moses we know who Moses is and what he done, how God used him. Well, before Moses died, he blessed the children, the people of Israel. And in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 1 and verse 12, we see that there were some acts that was carried out. Okay? So verse 1 says, and this is the blessings wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Verse 12. Because we're talking about here, we are talking about Joseph, and we're going to talk about Benjamin. 
And we know that they were the sons of Jacob and Rachel. And um, that's found in Genesis 43. We're going to go over there. But let me finish reading this and talking about this Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 12, because it ties back to our base scripture of the betwixt the breast portion. It talks about the myrrh, all of this in one thing. So in verse 12, it says, and of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. Now, the Lord shared with us and talked about us in the previous message about dwelling in safety and and that's in Christ. Remember the uh, the passage we talked about? We talked about Mount Zion. I mentioned it with Judah. And then when Saul sought the life of David, he went to the Mount Moriah for his safety, for his cover. That is the same mountain. The Mount Moriah is the same place that Benjamin had his interactions and his learning experiences from as well. So Moses spoke about the promises made to the beloved, as the word says. It ties right back in with the Song of Solomon. And the second thing it says Cover him all day long to be our protector. And this, going back to the myrrh, going back to that fragrance, it is that prayer. It is the properties that only Christ can give us that protects us, that keeps us, that covers us every day of our lives. With long life shall I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. We know that comes out of song, uh, the book of Psalms, verse chapter 91, which is that divine promise of God protecting us. All right. And then this is the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful part. That last part says in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 12, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. Song of Solomon said because of the analogy that was used between the husband and a wife, between Solomon and the Shulamite, his queen, he became his queen, his bride. But here it says between, he shall dwell between his shoulders, talking about Benjamin. And Benjamin is what? Symbolic representation of a era God and join heir in Christ because we know that his brother Joseph was the symbolic of Christ and how he was the provider and provision. He saved, he brought salvation and the grace of God in the midst of famine in Egypt. And that the entire world was suffering from the lack of resources, food, and provisions. Go back and read and study. There's a lot of chapters there, but it's a beautiful love story of God to us, and it shows how he, his process that he's bringing us through to come and to receive his salvation and to establish a stronger relationship with him. So it says he dwell between his shoulders, and again, just like dwelling or lying between the breast. It's the heart that's what's being identified here. He shall dwell between his shoulders. Within his strength, 
within his covering, within Christ is what's being said. Glory to God. So that was shown to us. Genesis, um, let's talk a little bit more because we know that Joseph and Benjamin were full-blooded brothers, right? Um, And we know the story where Joseph was sold into slavery and he went through all of these different adversities and hardships in his life. And ultimately, the Lord had raised him, prepared him, and raised him for a place to be in the kingdom in, the, in Egypt, actually, in the midst of all circumstances and situations, the father always have a ram in the bush, right? And that is what he used Joseph for. So we are going over to Genesis chapter 43, verses 29 through 34. We're going to have a brief discussion here. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger Brother, of whom you spake unto me, and he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. So Joseph asked the question of Judah because Judah volunteered to take Benjamin back and was willing to accept whatever repercussion they came because they didn't know what Joseph was going to do at that particular moment. They were not even aware that that was their brother that they had did wrong, transgressed years ago, sold him into slavery. Now they're before this man, and it's a lot to that story. It's beautiful, but I'm going to stay on track here. And it says, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother, Benjamin. He lifted up his eyes. Again, that spiritual insight. How we, we lift up our eyes, we look, and he saw his brother, Benjamin. And what when he asked the question, he received even more deeper insight and understanding. So he beheld his son. And when you behold the word of God, and it comes with clarity, it comes with instructions, it comes with life. And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And see, why would he call him my son? Because he had behold the promises God had given him what was going to happen? This was a foreshadowing of God making us children and heirs and joint heirs because at this particular moment, Joseph represented Christ. He was a symbolic representation of Christ and him communicating and communing and speaking with Benjamin is Christ speaking and reaching out until the body of Christ to those that were lost to be coming into the knowledge of God, that the provisions, that the grace of God would be shared. Verse 30 says, And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn up his upon his brother, and he sought where to weep. And he entered into his chamber and wept there. Joseph was overwhelmed with compassion, the compassion of Christ that we were talking about. And 
this now that once he's lifted his head, his eyes, he looked, he beheld, and he weeped because that remember the four stages of this insight? Now he has this witness, the vision, this testimony standing here right before him, and God has blessed his soul. And the love and compassion that his brother yet liveth because he knew of the journey that his other brothers had put him through. So why did he bring Benjamin in? That was another reason why, because God, before blessings are released and given into our lives, he always try our hearts to see where we stand. And as you will see, as we continue, I'm just continue reading, but God looks at the heart. He tries the heart. He judges our hearts, our action, our thoughts and belief. This is why that Benjamin was brought to the house to meet with Joseph when they needed more food. Okay. Verse 31 says, and he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, set on bread. And they set on for him by himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his. And the men marveled one at another. Did you get that? The firstborn and the youngest, his brethren, sat before him and ate. They were Hebrews, but also the Egyptians that were there in the midst of them sat down and ate. Again, it's symbolic of God being our reconciler, that he will make provisions for the Jews and for the Gentiles, for those that know the word of God, to walk according to the word of God, and for those that have not followed him in the times past, for those that may have some knowledge of God, that their heart and their culture and their custom, their lifestyle of righteousness have not been embraced. God in his infinite love and wisdom has made provisions that all may what? Have the right to be saved, that they may be saved from their sins also. This is what's being shown here in the passage. Glory to God. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled one at another. And he took and sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs, and they drank and were merry with him. That last verse shows how in the wisdom of God, Joseph tried Judah, and he tried the men that were there, but primarily Judah, that and his brethren to see where their hearts were at. Notice that Benjamin's mess, meaning meal, was five times so much as any ones else there, any of theirs, because that, as he said previously, God is grace has been given unto him. And we know that five is the number of God's grace. This is where it comes from. It confirms it. 
And it's just showing that the father's wisdom to ensure that he's not going to spoil his blessings. He's just not going to cast his word and his, his, um, his blessings out to anyone. You have to be pure in heart and in the will and alignment of God. Glory to God Almighty. Thank you for that word, Lord. And so those are the three promises to the beloved that was found in Deuteronomy chapter 33 in verse 12 which ties in with our base scripture, Song of Solomon, of the 13th verse in chapter 1. Again, the dwell, the promise to dwell in safety in Christ that was to cover us all day long, be our protector, and to dwell between his shoulders, or between his breast. And that is just amazing. Glory to God. Now, Genesis chapter 46, verse 19 reads, The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph, and Benjamin. So I meditated, and let's reflect back on the lineage of this. Okay, so Jacob, when he first saw Rachel, he wanted her greatly. But his soon-to-be father-in-law, Laban, wouldn't just... Give him his blessings. And you know the story. Jacob had to serve Laban for seven years because he wanted to marry Rachel. And, you know, it says a lot of people say, oh, you know, he tricked him. He tricked him. But I had to reflect myself. You reap what you sow. So that's another thing in this walk of righteousness. We have to be mindful of and square our actions again because, you know, when Esau and Jacob came, when they received their blessing, um, Jacob tricked his dad. And basically, even though Esau gave his uh, his reward over, but there was some some craftiness going on, if you will. Go back and read that. And here we are. Now that Jacob wants to marry Rachel, Laban used his ways of wisdom. So what happened? Instead of him just outright getting and receiving him, and even though Jacob had met and went through the process and proven himself to God through the journey, remember the uh, passage with Esau meeting Jacob in this journey and travel, and here he is. You know, it's like God just test and prove those that he called to righteousness throughout every phase and step of life. And so now you have in Jacob, he had to work seven years and seven is symbolic of the fullness of God's time. He worked seven years. He labored in order to gain favor from Laban in order for him to receive his bride. But what happened in that first seven years, he was given Leah instead of Rachel. What happened then? He toiled even the more. So all in all, the band got 14 years of service out of this brother. And uh, that's something. But the main thing is being said here is, you know, we can believe and trust God and seek the Lord and things of that nature. God's perfect will will manifest in our lives for his divine purpose. But God is not a, uh, the way he gave it to me, he's not a, a microwave, 
He God does not use a microwave. Thank you, Lord. Methodology. He's not. And we can see that in this lineage, in this lessons here, dealing with Jacob and his mom and his dad and the purpose and plan of God being unfolded. There were processes. There were steps every single uh, way. So what was being told to me is this. You hold on to your promises. Do the work that God called you. But know that we are being prepared before released. Oh, God is not a microwave God. He is using these processes and the things of these sufferings and circumstances that we're going through and deal with in life to create our trust in him. And by us doing that, we are able to walk in the boldness of God. We walk in the strength of God. And we just need to maintain this balance. There's a fine balance of walking in the spirit. And how do we do that? By yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, and it is through Him that He's going to give us discernments of our path, discernments on our actions and what we should say and do. All right? Derek will be right back in a moment to wrap up. But if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. You can hear this message in its entirety again online as well as Derek's entire archive on his host page at talknetworkradio.com. This show has been brought to you by Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory, a subsidiary of Creative Empowerment of Hampton Roads, LLC, out of the beautiful state of Virginia. To contact us, or if you'd like to receive the complete notes and references for today's message, please write us at mtovonline at gmail.com. That's M-T-O-V-O-N-L-I-N-E at gmail.com. M-T-O-V-Online at gmail.com. Unless otherwise expressed, scriptures are read from the Holman King James Study Bible, which is published by Holman Bible Publishers in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, here is Derek to wrap up today's message. So in Genesis chapter 35, verses 16 through 20, it says, And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath and Rachel Travail, and she had labored, hard labor, and it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. She called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. This is how Brother Benjamin came along. And Rachel died and was buried in the way of Ephrath, which means fruitful, which is Bethlehem. And that is, means the house of bread. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day, saith the word of God. So what does all this mean? God is encouraging us today to not grow weary in well-doing. Even though we may not fully understand what's going on, but God's divine purpose, he used Rachel. Her name means you. Her names pertains to lineage, so meaning bloodlines. Rachel's main mission 
one of them was to join with Jacob in holy matrimony to have a bloodline. We know that is the bloodline of Christ. So we may not ever understand everything all the time, but God is saying to us, hold fast to our profession of faith and our works, our walks, and yield unto the Spirit of God. Allow these circumstances that we go through to perfect us in him, that we may have a stronger relationship in him, that we may move in his path of righteousness towards the promises of God that he's given us. And ultimately, we know that his will be done. So we are talking about Benoni is what Rachel called her son before she passed, which means the son of my sorrow. So stay encouraged because Jacob, whose name was changed by God, is Israel. This is what we have to do. Pattern after God. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And he knew that. And he knew that by the grace of God that he was walking in the way of God. So he was divinely inspired to do the same. So just as God changed his name, as his uh, teaching that he received from God, he changed his son, Benoni, to his son name that we know as Benjamin. And guess what? Benjamin means the son of my right hand. Glory to God. The son of my right hand. We're talking about who sits at the right hand of God? Our Lord and Savior. How is this? How is this? You just said that he, yes, Benjamin is a joint heir. That's how we sit to the right hand of God is through Jesus Christ, who is the heir of God, who is part of God. And by his works of reconciliation, we are heirs of God and joint heirs in Christ. Because Jesus is our great high priest, the mediator of our soul, he is the adhesiveness to the works of righteousness and holiness. Glory to God Almighty. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So I have been just totally blown away today by what the Father has shown and given us. And I am so grateful that to understand a bundle of myrrh is well beloved unto me. We're able to now reflect upon the word of God and see what this actually means. All the works of redemption, this whole process that's required that builds from glory to glory. And what it always come down to? Salvation to the people of God. Mm, 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 mm. So don't be discouraged in well-doing, my family. I pray in Jesus' name right now, Father, I lift your body up and ask that you will strengthen each and every one of us in Jesus' name with your anointing of strength. Bless us in your word that we may continue to come unto you to receive you what you will have for us, which is some spiritual enlightenment and understanding your life. We pray for a refilling of your Holy Spirit. We pray that the blood that was shed on our behalf will keep us clean, pure, and holy in your sight. Just as you express, Lord, in the name of Laban, which means white, Lord God. Just as you express that we would be pure, clean, and holy in your sight, which is only found 
through the suffering of Christ, through the cross of Christ, through the blood of Christ, and maintained, my Lord God, through prayer, through supplication, through yielding and submitting our ways unto you. I pray, Father God, that you would just strengthen my brethren as we continue to move forward and understand that everything manifests in the fullness of your time. And Lord, we bless you now. We thank you for Jesus, our great high priest, that we may continue to walk in the order of Melchizedek, my Lord God. We bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. My brethren, we bless you as well. Thank you for tuning in, and we will go back. There's That was part one of this particular one. Now the Father wants to show us, now that he's given us understanding of what goes on behind the scene, and that behind the scene are the things that we can't readily see all the time. It's that process that we are going through, all of the testing, trials in life, and all the spiritual blessings, everything collectively it's a process for the greater good. Now that the Father's given us some insight on these things, he's going to show us what are the requirements for to have that heart that lies between betwixt the breast and lies between the shoulders. How do we move it from a stony heart, a hard heart, over to one that's a fleshly heart, that's workable, that's fertile for the good of God. And he's going to show us in the very next lesson the nine levels of heart transformation. Until we meet again, stay near God, keep him in your heart, walk in the righteousness of love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thank you, Derek. Join us next time when we continue with the next edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory with Derek Norris. For Derek and the entire team, this is Chuck Christie saying thanks for listening to this edition of Melchizedek Tabernacle of Victory. Have a blessed and prosperous day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.